All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. What I'm what I'm saying is these are the dog days of winter. Yes, 100. I'm not saying anything fresh. Mid February football's done. Congratulations! You don't have to congratulate me as a fan. You get. Like I, I'm stoked for the team. Congratulations Look, to the new England. You guys Patriots. win and lose as a team. You use right. first-person pronouns to describe sports teams. Do you I, not want the congratulations? I do. We played well. Yeah, that's right. Well. I've always found that. I think we've talked about it before uh, yeah, the podcast. You're super annoyed by. I that. just find it. It stands out to me so so it. much. I love when someone's like, "Oh my god, we were down the other end. We did this. We did that." Because like that's the way. You know, a coach would, not a coach, someone that was like a part of the staff would talk. And, you know, sometimes people just ingratiate themselves with the team. You is know? that what sports are, is just feeling like you're a part of something? Yeah, 100%. That's kind of sad and also kind of sweet. That's what life is. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I always go back to. Really? And you can trick yourself into anything. Every bro is just looking for brotherhood, companionship. That's exactly right. I get what it. Is br- what's bro for? Brotherhood. That's right. For a brother. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, you did well. How do you feel about the halftime show? Because like, on the one hand, I get that it's problematic that they chose the whitest band in existence to play in Atlanta. That's a problem. Sure. Uh, I also can... But you you didn't... We, when we first talked about this, you were like, what? And I was like, I don't know. I think it's just Atlanta is you know more yeah. of like a hip hop place. Like they embrace their artists. I still kind of feel that way mm-hmm. um, because it's not like the game is about Atlanta culture. In fact, neither team is from there. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, that's hard. It's, it's chosen in advance. Right. Right. But, but I agree. Like you, if you had a game in New York, you could have Justin Timberlake and Justin Timberlake is not from New York. And nobody would say anything. And no one would say anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nobody would be like, it has to be Jay-Z. No, it could be you too, and that would be fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's like outrage culture. I also understand that that uh, Maroon 5 has kind of got like a Nickelback thing going on where people kind of like to hate Maroon 5. And by the way, I get it. Like we can all agree that Songs About Jane in 2002 or whatever it was, was a really good pop record. And since then, they have just depleted themselves, creatively speaking, mm-hmm. for business. And so on a certain level, I can appreciate that Adam Levine knows the difference. If you've seen him cover Purple Rain uh, at Howard Stern, Howard Stern's birthday, yeah. you know he knows what is good and what is not good. Yeah, yeah, totally. But he's playing the game, and I kind of can't fault him for that. So all the hate that came out for Maroon 5, as if Adam Levine himself is problematic, as if he said, like, anti-Me Too stuff. Here's the thing. People brought it up to me, like, knowing that I would have watched the whole game. They're like, what did you think of the halftime show? Right. And I was like, I thought... Maroon 5 did what they could. You can't get blood from a stone. They right. played their songs. Right. They played them well. Yeah. It wasn't like they, you know, it was just funny because at one point he starts saying, I think it was, oh, it was moves like Jagger. Yeah. And he's just kind of like shaking his booty with his shirt off. And no one really, they had like a second of Big Boy and a bunch of other artists that they asked. I think they asked Cardi B. She yes. declined. A bunch of people declined right. because of the whole. I, I don't know because of the because the Kaepernick record. thing yeah because of the Kaepernick thing which I don't even know why that's because the NFL has not really supported the black community in the way they should right sure but the, at the same time like like you know they have the black community is like a big part of their fans and big part of their players yep. and it's just I I understand the Kaepernick thing but like take a knee just take a knee on stage or something that's what they were talking about doing i agree i mean i mean it was it was whitewashed and it was bland because it's maroon 5 but people were acting like troubled by the fact that maroon 5 was there well like one year it was bruno mars and beyonce like yeah you know i just i don't know and the other thing is uh it is i guess a double standard that men can show their nipples on television and women can't that that's that's a greater issue though like that's a bigger discussion over the arbitrary taboos of nudity in our culture it's not about what nbc or tsn or whatever allows on their network i saw the newspaper article that said like the halftime show owes janet jackson an apology now no i don't think so like huh that would imply that only the nfl is is censoring of the female nipple right right yeah and by the way, the Janet Jackson thing, can we agree that was obviously a publicity stunt anyway? It yeah. is stupid that she's banned from the NFL now and Justin Timberlake played halftime last year. That doesn't make sense. But 
I don't think it has anything to do with Adam Levine taking his shirt off on television. Well, now I think you could probably have a girl wearing a bikini that looked like what Janet Jackson was wearing, and it would probably be fine. We've also, like, that was a long time ago, and we accelerate quickly on this. Like, do you remember seven or eight years ago when Miley Cyrus twerked with Robin Thicke in the VMAs? Oh, yeah. Now, that would be like, oh, okay. That That was was like, that was an outrage when it happened. But I kind of feel like, like, that's what I thought then. So my barometer for stuff like this is... I'm just Maybe. watching people go crazy now. Maybe. <laughs> go crazier and crazier. Well, then what do you think of Liam Neeson? Oh, well, that's a that's a bit more problematic. It based is, on, right? Based on what I've heard from you. Like, I haven't I haven't heard, I haven't read it myself, but the like, I'm assuming you described it the way that it was written. Yeah, so he, he was giving an interview for his new movie, which is called Cold Pursuit. It opens this week. Uh, it's kind of another uh, Liam Neeson action revenge movie. Right. It's part of a theme that he has obviously been very successful with. Yeah. So he's doing a print interview with The Independent, which is a British publication. Mm-hmm. And he was asked about how he fuels his characters that are always so motivated by revenge. And he... I think he thought he was going to tell a very uh, empathic human story about when he was much younger and a good friend of his, a female friend, came to him and confided that she had been raped. Now, tell the rest of the story without delivering the main detail and then go back and tell the main detail. I will, except everybody already knows what happened. But in the unlikely event, they don't know what happened. He... uh, uh, was told by this female friend of his that he had been raped this because he cared about her he was overcome with anger and uh sympathy for his friend and so he spent the next several weeks having very uh violent instincts very rageful instincts Mm -hmm. he found himself pacing outside bars Mm -hmm. with a stick right not necessarily hoping to come face to face with her specific attacker but with anybody who might step to him right he had all this pent-up rage within him yeah. that he wanted to take it out on somebody and he in fact said i would i would have killed somebody that week right so when you tell the, the story like that that's a very sad fun. story about a person who loves somebody who knows what they're doing is shameful but also like had a really human visceral instinct to something he saw that was un Injust, right? But what he said, which he didn't have to say, was... It was important. Yeah, the important qualifier was that she was raped by a black person. Right. And so he found himself hanging out in black communities outside black bars waiting for the opportunity to kill a black person. Yeah. How... And the fact that, you know, he says he was a a different... He's a different person now and that's not who he was... But this is where he got the inspiration for the anger that he felt like in the the movies like Taken. Yeah. Like, dude, you're borrowing from a racist time. That seems a little weird. And that's a, I mean, like, I know you're telling it like, I know that's not right, but it's like we said, you didn't need to include that. And then he qualified on Good Morning America. Well, hang on. If she'd been attacked by a white person, I would have been, I would have had an instinct to kill a white person. But I don't think it matters what the... Obviously, it doesn't matter what the person's race was. Well, it is irrelevant. She was attacked by a person. The fact the fact is that he wouldn't have been saying, I was waiting outside for white people to exactly. come out. Like, exactly. That's, that's the overarching... So this is the exact quote. Uh, Neeson told the newspaper he had spent maybe a week, quote unquote, maybe a week walking near pubs with a heavy stick and, quote, hoping some black bastard would come out of a pub and have a go at me about something, you know, so that I could kill him. A heavy stick? A heavy stick. <laughs> yeah. I went out deliberately into black areas in the city looking to be set upon. And then he qualified no violence ever occurred. Why did oh, he all s- right. Why did he say it so eloquently? Looking to be set upon. <laughs> no violence ever occurred. Because at the end of the day, he's from Europe. Yeah. And right. there are certain lines you don't cross. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's, he was okay. <laughs> no, no, hey, I, I, I don't want to cross any lines That's here. That's right. By, Speaking out of turn. I told the story very delicately. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With great eloquence. I, I didn't include any contractions. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's like not a laughing thing, but something that's sad is that Cold Pursuit uh, had its premiere canceled because this is the worst press in the world. Oh, so they wow. like canceled the red carpet event for it yesterday. And what really sucks for all the other people who worked on it is that it was tracking really well. Oh, no way. Like the tomato meter score is like 88%. Like it was by all means going to do all right. So is it out of theaters now? Like it's no, not. No, it'll, it'll still open, but 
Did they delay the opening altogether, or did they just delay the big fancy premiere? They're not doing the premiere. They're not doing because it would have happened this week, and the movie's in theaters. Like you can go see it this Friday if you so choose. Sure, but they were tracking really well so by all means they were going to do more promotion for it in the next couple of weeks yeah and they're going to gas all that promotion for it now because oh my god he's got such a stink on him and now the only promotion the movie is getting and frankly i'd never heard of cold pursuit before this incident happened the only promotion it's getting is through think pieces about uh white male um uh (laughs) passive racism sure yeah well, that doesn't even seem that passive. No, it's not. It's pretty right. It's a hate crime. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrific. So has has anyone else spoke have have like has Kevin Hart come forward and be like, man, fuck Liam Neeson. Not that well, I guess that's a bad example. But like has Will Smith It's instance, a really bad example. Or Michael B. Jordan come forward. No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Two of our go to And also piece. he played Oscar Schindler. Which is like not exactly the same thing, but mm-hmm. like he he clearly knows that like violence towards minorities right. is that not the answer. That was actually Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> no, it wasn't. He well, I'm no, just, he wasn't. I'm just joking. Oh, you and your this Liam is Neeson. My whole Liam Neeson. Yeah, confusion. oh, that's we should, we should probably clarify. You know who we're talking about, right? I, I know who Liam we're Neeson, about. not Vigo Mortensen, who also said the N word a few months ago while doing press. What? Oh yeah, that was a whole thing. I missed that. Why did he, that get? It didn't. Over. It didn't. It didn't. Okay, that was a big deal. No, I mean, in fairness, it's not like he just dropped the N word. He was he was promoting Green Book, and and he used the word and um, said like you know people were being called yes that kind of thing yeah gotcha. But people and I were, think Mahershala was sitting next to him when he said it. I'm not excusing him, and no. he had to apologize. And I'm for sure it. Mahershala was like like inside, just like oh no, why yeah. did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. I think Mahershala in the end, and I don't know, I'm kind of just like speaking extemporaneously at this point, but I think Mahershala was like, it was cool what Vigo said. Like, don't don't just read the title, read the article. Right. Yeah. Anyway, wild time God. to be a 60-year-old white man. <laughs> a very tall white man. Yeah. Well. Hey, speaking of, be of, that tough for him. of Green Book, uh, a bunch of Oscar things. Officially not going to be an Oscar host. You mentioned Kevin Hart. Right. It was like, I was in the cards anyway. The Oscars are two and a half weeks away. There was no way there was going to be an Oscar host at this point. But they have actually come out and said, yeah, you know, that's fine. It's been 30 years since we didn't have a host and it was a travesty. Who's going to like write for it then? They just assemble a random cast. Well, no one's going to, I don't know if anyone's going to write for it. I mean, like people will write their own bits when they come out to do, uh, like if Ben Stiller wants to come out and do a funny thing before he reads the nominees for Best Cinematography, he'll write that himself, right? Right, and otherwise it's just going to be like like people coming out and doing their own thing. Well, what's annoying is like I think the Avengers are still going to do some kind of sketch to kind of kick the night off, and it's surely just going to be about how there's no host. So it's going to try and be self-referential, and that's going to be annoying because them not having a host is tone deaf. It's right. bratty. Yeah. It's a little tantrum because they couldn't have Kevin Hart. They couldn't have one of the three people they wanted to have. And so they decided there are no other talented hosts in the world. Right. And that's so silly. Yeah. It's just, it's going to be bad, even worse now. Yeah. But you know what? It's going to be so bland. Well. Because they're obviously moderating everything that's it just it, this is this has turned out to be a much juicier Oscar season than I think we could have predicted a few months ago. Yeah, uh, there's all these upsets. Like Bohemian Rhapsody is still doing well, and the more time removed I have from my experience watching that movie, the more I realize that was a objectively bad film. Yeah, it was a bad movie. Yeah. He and Rami Malek. We keep always, everybody keeps saying the movie's not that great, but Rami Malek is good. I actually don't think Rami Malek is that great. He's not either. that good. He's fine. People at work and. And there are times where, you know, Oscar takes at work are yeah. a little like, whoa, this is the cringiest thing ever. Yeah, there but, is one person at work who thinks Crash is a good movie. That's true. <laughs> but for the most part, um, that person included uh, says, and everyone says, you know what? Best actor is obviously going to go to Christian Bale. I don't think it Bucks. is obvious. You don't? I don't think it's in the bag. Who else is there in that, that category again? Uh, Bradley Cooper. Right. It's not going to happen. Sure. So he could win it, but you, in theory, you, you don't think he's going to? Well, look, uh, I've said this a number of times in the last couple of weeks. I 100% think A Star is Born is is like sure. a, the great tragic story of the Oscars this year. I think it deserves to win Best Picture, 
Best Actress, which it's not going to win. Right. It's not going to win Best Picture. It deserves to win Best Song for Shallow. Mm -hmm. It deserves to win Best Director <laughs> for Bradley Cooper. I got you upset. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it's just, it, this is how I feel. And it deserves to win uh, maybe Best Supporting Actor for for uh, Sam Elliott, although that's a, a, a tough category. I love Richard Grant in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Right. And, okay. uh, and Adam Driver shouldn't win it, but um, that's a good category. Even mm -hmm. Sam Rockwell is pretty good. Everyone's getting it. Okay. It, yeah, Star is Born deserves to clean house in a way that's like, oh, this was boring. And it's not going to win anything. It's going to win Song for Shallow. Right. And that's it. Mm -hmm. So you don't think... Okay, besides... We're talking about Rami Besides Malik. the Star is Born. Yeah. The, the best actor category. It's probably going to be Christian Bale, but... Do you think that he turned in a performance that was worthy of yeah, the best actor? Yeah, I do. I, I do too. I definitely do. I, I, I just think... Across the board, people are like, you know what? Like, that's hard to refute. Like, he. I agree, but you have to understand also, there's this weird thing about Bohemian Rhapsody where people are seeing two different movies when they watch it. Yeah. It's like a Rorschach thing. Like, some people are watching it and seeing an incredibly vanilla film yeah. with good Queen songs in it. Yeah. And some people are seeing the greatest movie ever, the greatest biopic ever, easy hands down the best movie of the year. And I don't I don't want to be a snob about it, but those people are wrong. They're incorrect. I, yeah, I don't even know how embellished, like the way that the way that Freddie Mercury acted in public, do people really know? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess people do know, yeah, but definitely. like watching it, is it was it similar to the way that Rami Malek was acting? Did he play it up a little bit? Was it too like Oh, honey, I'm not too sh like. Yeah. yeah, calling everyone darling. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about about the character, uh, and I don't really so much care about the story. Like people have problems that the story is is inaccurate. They had yeah. to write a movie. People don't live their lives in the arc of an interesting. No, film. I understand that too. But here's here's my thing. Like when I found out, which I didn't know going into it, and a lot of people were like, "Oh no, I already knew about it." Oh, they were clear about the timeline before doing it. Yeah, I'm like, well, why? It just seems like. You could still make write a movie about his life that where you don't have to give him AIDS. Yeah, two years before oh, they, they doing tried Live to, Aid, I tried to squeeze everything in. That was really weird. You're right. He wasn't diagnosed in Live Aid. No, that that's it. it really right. takes that is, you out of it. You're that like, is a huge. That's pretty egregious. A huge liber a liberty. It makes yeah. it makes them seem like we're getting back together for Freddie, and we've got right. two weeks to rehearse. When in fact they never broke up. No. Yeah, like that. I know. You know, if you're telling a story. There's a just make a fictional movie. <laughs> well, and the other, there's the other big complication of Brian Singer who uh, got fired from the movie with like yes. two weeks left in production, but it was well noted that he wasn't around for a lot of the time when he was well, like one of the reasons he got fired was his constant absence. So if he directed sixty percent of this film, that's generous, and someone else had to pick up the pieces. And so any other flaws within the film are forgiven by the fact that this movie had no leadership. And I think frankly it should be disqualified from the best picture discussion because its main representative turned out to be a piece of shit. And he should have to own that. Yeah. But this movie can't be the best picture. It didn't have a director. No, I, I think I think with that alone, they're not gonna give it to It's been happening, man. It's been happening. And what? It, it like well there's an award show like every other night right right there's constantly so, little mini awards so it's and winning best picture in some of those smaller yes and 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 uh rami malik is winning a lot too rami malik i get but like the best picture thing i'm like it's happening wow yeah yeah i don't think it'll happen for the oscars i really don't i don't know i i hope not but like oscar voting is next week so if you're in uh, an Oscar pool of any kind, you're going to fill out a ballot to make some predictions. Mm -hmm. You want to make it between February 12th and 19th because you're going to base it on what you think the cultural instinct is. Yeah. Don't wait until the 24th when the Oscars air right. to make your bets because you will have changed with what your opinions are. Mm -hmm. And go with when people are voting, what yeah. people are inclined to vote upon. Because I have to imagine a lot of people who are voting with the Academy are voting for what they think they should be voting for right. to be relevant, 100%. not truly in their gut what they feel is right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the voting is fucked. That's what. That's why Green Book is doing so well. Right. Green Book was really good, but it ultimately is forgettable. Yeah, but we talked about you know how the second place vote could. Oh God, I know. Overall, it's such a weird stat. It is so weird. Uh, I watched Green Book. Oh, what'd you think? It was uh, good. I like. I thought it was a good watch. It's fun, right? Yeah, it's it, sweet. 
Yeah, it was good. Like, I, I didn't have that much fun in it. Like, it wasn't, sp- like, I, it was a watchable movie. I don't know. Maybe, like, I was having some wine and I was, like, yeah. kind of bored at points almost. Isn't it your dream to eat a pizza like that? While through a movie? Oh, like oh a full pizza what folded a, over. What an absolute unit. I actually did. He just did. folds it. You did? You I, ate it like no, that? No, I, I actually did think the exact same thing <laughs> while I was watching it. Like, man. He's making a calzone out of the pizza. Seriously is. And I love that. He only takes one bite, though. That's the least satisfying thing I ever. Know. He takes a bite and then has to like answer the phone or leave or something. That movie is Driving Miss Daisy, though. Yeah. I've never seen Driving Miss Daisy. It's good. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Viggo Mortensen underwent like a body change, but I feel like yeah. his body change was more like, I want to just be big. Like He, he had yeah, been he out of beefy. the public eye. Yeah. And he, I was like, is he just fat now <laughs> he slimmed down again though did he yeah. okay good yeah good i like Vigo mortensen i like Vigo mortensen the, him dropping n-bombs and i also like mahershala ali but i also don't know if we need he, he's definitely going to win his second academy award mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks right. and like he's been in five movies or something right like i don't know if it matters so much that we have to like honor his career right now yeah they so quickly glossed over spoiler alert on green book but his his being homosexual was such a yeah such a quick part of the movie. I don't think it mattered to the character. Yeah, maybe it didn't. You're right. Where, like, whereas I feel like well, in Queen or in Bohemian Rhapsody, it was like a major like it was. You the know what? I di- I disagree. I think it explains why this guy is so alone. Yeah. Right. So so you disagree with the point you're making, or you disagree? No, with- I di- I disagree with that. They glossed over it. I think they put it in there to explain to you why he's so why, lonely. Why he's even more of a. Yeah. Okay. But I, I just think, don't you think it's even uh, like something that could be explored more in the movie? You know what problem I have with his companionship is that at the end, it's a very sweet movie. He goes over for Christmas dinner. Spoiler alert. Yeah. He isn't going to go see what his uh, his valet is his doing. His Indian servant. Yeah, his Indian servant who he clearly knows better and yeah. is known for longer. I heard that point made on another podcast, yeah. which I found really funny too. Like He tells him to just take the night off so he yeah. can go with this other... <laughs> employee basically right yeah there's also some some questionable truths portrayed in that movie like there are uh fans of fans of family members of uh of mahershala ali's character have said hang on they were never friends they were had a professional relationship but that, oh, really? that's just one of and many it says, problems like, they remained friends up until 2013 or what was it 2013 yeah i think so when, when they, they died, died within months of died in each other's arms <laughs> yeah like that's really <laughs> the way they didn't have to do that at all the other bullshit thing about the the telecast the the broadcast of the oscars is that they are going to do a lot of the more technical frankly less sexy awards during the commercial break so they're going to make sure it's not a four-hour broadcast it's going to be tight to three and they'll give away best lighting or whatever during the commercials they just won't put the spotlight on any light like people. on the one hand i get it no pun because they want it to but like it's a celebration of film can't we figure out how to make the oscars interesting yeah like this is their one shining moment i don't need to because another problem is they're breaking tradition and they're not going to have the incumbent supporting actor slash actress give out the award to the new recipient this year right so in tradition, Sam Rockwell and Allison Janney would present Best Supporting Actress and Best Supporting Actor, respectively, this year. That's always been the way it's done. And they're not going to do it that way in an effort to secure bigger star power for presentation. First of all, there's no brighter star than Allison Janney. Mm-hmm. And Sam Rockwell, too, who actually won an Academy Award last year, so did Allison Janney. Uh, it's insulting. It, they're, they're, who are you going to get besides those people? Right. They're not big enough? Yeah, it's so they're trying so hard. It's the same thing as their failed attempt to have a best box office movie Oscar or whatever it was going to be. Most exciting best right. best so, uh, popcorn movie Oscar or whatever the hell it was going to be called. Why are you trying to sex up the Oscars? Only boring people watch the Oscars, myself included. <laughs> Give them the boring show they expect. That's true. You know what could could juice it up a little bit um, is if you had like the the ten lowest rated awards or whatever award them something cooler than the oscar like give them a car (laughs) yeah or just like give them something or make that like give them like a million dollars that they get to give to the charity of their choice and they get to like talk about why they're doing it or uh, you know uh 
kill one member of their family or something and well i know you can just i don't know they can i know we're not off that. pro louis ck these days but he made a very good point when he presented at the oscars a few years ago he presented best short documentary film right and he said this is the most important award of the night because this award this trophy is going home in a honda civic and he's oh, yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. This is a very big deal for That's this person true. who's not Bradley Cooper. Totally. So so make them even more fired up. Yeah. Make them get on stage and be like, yippee fucking Kaye, guys. Right. We got a car. Granted, I'll, some of these hair makeup people so, are like, Some of them are billionaires anyway. You're right. Like, well, some of them have 12 Oscars already. Right. Yeah, that's true <laughs> too. So they're getting up there and yeah, talking about how, you know. I don't know. Well, and they're, they're how like, Maroon 5 shouldn't play the halftime <laughs> show. They're so over it at this point. They're like, you know what I want to talk about? And last year, uh, the, the jet ski thing that happened. Right. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Like that didn't happen for um, uh, Sam Rockwell. Who did they give the jet ski to again? Just some guy we couldn't remember the name of anymore, but is right. technically an Academy Award winner. Yeah. Why? What? Oh, because he had the shortest speech? Yes. That was it. They said they'd give a jet ski. To I the think guy that's with what the it was. Speech. Yeah, that was that funny. Was good TV. Yep, yep. They have backtracked now. They have said they are in fact going to perform all the best original song songs okay. in the broadcast. They had originally said it was only going to be I think all of the stars from Black Panther and Shallow from uh, A Star Is Born. Now they're all going to be in there. But you probably saw Bradley Cooper showed up at a Lady Gaga concert in Las Vegas last week and sang Shallow with her, no, which is definitely a rehearsal. He was he didn't sound so good. No. I mean, he's not he's not practiced with his Jackson Maine brogue anymore. No, no. And so he's tired of higher. this modern world. Yeah, he is still tired. It's of it. hard right. keeping it so hardcore. <laughs> um, but he's going to sing it live on TV at the Oscars. Yep. Yikes. It's tough because she just like buries him. She I, just devastates him, which I guess is what the movie is about. They're going to have Sam Elliott behind the curtain <laughs> giving him backup vocals like something girl. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I saw Can You Ever Forgive Me, which was really good. You like that. Uh, I saw Stan and Ollie. And right. I, I. Is that nominated for anything? No. Okay. Thank God. I can't <laughs> believe it was. I even... found it funny that you like gravitated toward that movie. Really? Because it's like about two of the most iconic comedians of all time. It's got good actors in it. Yeah. I like a biopic. I just forgot about it. I just can't believe they got through the making of this movie. Yeah. It's brutal. It's And it's doing so well critically. Still. Oh, the, the reviews are amazing. I literally fell asleep, and we know how rarely that happens. Yeah. It's <laughs> horrid. Are you just going to put it on anytime you're having trouble sleeping from now on? No, I'd rather be awake. <laughs> it's more fun. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. Yeah. It was, I didn't like it. It was dumb. Um, okay. Uh, I'm so sleepy tonight. Oh, man. Perk up. All right. I'll do my best. Modern Family got renewed for season 11. Okay. <laughs> Is that... I, weren't they talking about shutting her down? Yeah, I thought so, too. I thought they that's why they killed the grandma on that show. They killed the grandma on that yeah, show? Yeah, they did. Okay. Sex Education got renewed for season two. Okay. Are you watching that? No, I'm not. I hated that show. I just, there's there's a lot. To, I'm going through The Office right now. I'm watching True Detective. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's back on. Are you not finding True Detective pretty sleepy? It's pretty sleepy. You're right. I'm, but you know what? The last episode, did you see the, the most recent episode? No, I've only not, seen three of them. Not the Sunday night one. Okay, so like it ends on something where you're like, oh, shit's about to get really good. Yeah. But you know what? Like you need that Matthew McConaughey one shot, him killing people in the house raid where right. he's undercut you need something like that my problem with it is i've seen three and i know that if i watch a fourth i'll still only have seen four you yeah. know what i mean it's right. like oh this is kind of and you're right every episode has like a little nugget of something so the first I saw, episode was solid i saw four and i'm i'm like god after come on after like on five we got to pick up here how many There's are there be. i don't know the 10 I heard they were going to do like a crossover with season one. Like we might see oh, McConaughey or something. Interesting. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Maybe. They take place in the same cinematic universe, apparently. Whoa. That could be kind of cool. The Simpsons got renewed for seasons 31 and 32. Okay. I know you're uh they should just shut her down kind of person. Well, I am about most shows. I mean, I haven't seen the last couple of seasons, so I can't even say that they're bad. Like I have no idea. I haven't said, well, obviously out of the 30 seasons, I haven't seen 20 of them. I think it's just one of those shows that everybody who's who says the Simpsons is should just be shut down. I think they should get over that. 
stop watching it if you if you don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah. But it's like Saturday Night Live. It's sure. no good anymore. Shut it down. That's not going to happen. So oh, I don't think the, I I don't think they're the same thing though. No, I guess like one is canonical. You're right, but it, I I understand you you can do different. Shit You're right. Every the episode, other one evolves but... generationally in a different way. Yeah, but both are institutions that the network has no intention of shutting down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I'm I'm fine with the Simpsons, right? And people tell me that they tune into an episode of the Simpsons. Like I'm not passionate about the Simpsons shutting down. Right. I just it's so crazy. Like it's like we're in Doctor Who territory, which yeah. they've managed to do. And but like once Dan Castellaneta goes. Who's the voice of Homer? Oh, I don't think he has any intention of going. No, I don't think so either. Although I think I've, he gets paid like two hundred. Probably, but like, I find it weird that they go in and record all these things as a group. Like at this point, do they still do that? Yes. None of them boys at home. I, I mean, they they can. That's my point. Why don't they do that? Right. They all still, but but you're I mean, saying it's, it wasn't it's a that long ago. I done? heard like uh, I don't know, like Andy Samberg or something say he was involved in one, and they still do it that way. Oh. That's cool. Maybe that's the reason they do it. Like, maybe that's the reason it's still going strong. The companionship yeah, of it? Yeah, they're having fun. Maybe. I don't know. I find it very strange. Are you still watching Legion? Uh, No, we didn't quite get through the second season. Because you loved the first season. I did love the first season, but then it started getting... You know in The Sopranos, they do these really deep um, dream sequences? Yeah. It started to feel like every episode of Legion was one of those. Okay. And you started to not know what was real and what was dream and what was, it was so heady. It was so meta. Well, meta is probably not the right word, but like it seemed like it was inception, like Mm. dream inside a dream inside a dream kind of thing. And you just too psychedelic. It was so psychedelic. And I wasn't sure what era it all took place in. And maybe there's a reveal at the end of season two, but is it back for season three? You're coming off microphone a little bit. Can you just, I don't, I, you don't have to sit up, but maybe you want to bring the microphone back to you a little oh, okay. bit more. Uh, that's like, probably, is better. this the way that you want to talk into it? Yeah, no? that would be better. Yeah. Okay. Talk to it straight on. Not into the tip. That's right. Okay. Um, it's, it is coming back for a third season, but it's ending after season three. Okay. Oh, so, uh, but they see, uh, yeah. you got me back. Yeah. You love that. Uh, now I'm going to finish season two. Right. So you know what the out is already. They cast young, and even younger than James McAvoy, young, young Professor X to appear in season three. Whoa. And so we got this guy, uh, his name is Harry Lloyd. He just played young Jonathan Price in The Wife, starring Glenn Close. Weren't Harry and Lloyd the characters from Dumb and Dumber? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they were. Wow. Harry Dung, Dunn. Dung and Lloyd Christmas. Lloyd Christmas. Yeah. Lloyd Christmas is the funniest it's name. It's a great character name. <laughs> yeah. Um well that's I, I'm super interested in that. Harry Lloyd. Yeah. I believe it. So he's having a moment right now. Let's do it. Is Aubrey Plaza gonna be in it again? I guess. I kind of forgot she was in it at all. She was in it. She was like a big part of it. She had a good year last year. Uh that Ingrid Goes West did more than it ought to have. Yeah. And I saw it. It was really good. Ingrid Goes West. Yeah, she plays. It's a really good movie about like social media and and the the falseness of our social media self representation. Okay, and she plays this person who just kind of becomes stalkery obsessed with uh, Elizabeth Olsen's character, who's oh. like she's like an influencer, right? And so Aubrey Plaza kind of moves to town and. Uh, pushes herself into Elizabeth Olsen's life, and they become friends. Yeah, it's kind of eerie. It never gets to be like uh, really upsetting, right? It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, doesn't verge into you territory, right. but it walks the line. But it walks the line, and it's good. She's really good in it. Cool. She was the Little Hours was also pretty uh, like pretty funny. Yeah, I didn't get it. No, I kind of didn't get it. I, I don't. I honestly, I don't know if I finished it, but I had a few laughs while I was watching it, and I think I turned it off halfway through. It was so out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ben Affleck officially not coming back for the Batman. Oh my God. I feel like we, I feel like that was determined a year ago. I know. I felt that way too. And then last week, right after our podcast came out, it like lit up the news cycle again. I don't know if somebody said it officially or if they like took him off the payroll at Warner right. Brothers or something, but officially now it's not happening. But you're right. I think it was said before and everybody's reacting like it's the first they've heard of it. Right. When is who's going to be the next Christian Bale? Because remember, like a few people tried to be Batman in between. We had Val Kilmer, we had George Clooney. It was kind of a joke. Oh yeah. And then Christian Bale stepped in and was like, "Well, this is actually a good Batman, but I think it needs more time. I think it needs yeah. like another t- 
10 years. It before. does. Was it Christian Bale who did do a good job? But was it Christian Bale or was it Christopher Nolan? Who made, oh, it was who, probably Christopher Nolan. Yeah. He made that series good. Yeah, you're right. It they're going to have a, a young a younger Batman. They're going to they're going to kick off the new Batman reboot. This uh, movie that's called The Batman, I believe, which initially Ben Affleck was supposed to star in, write and direct. Yeah. This movie is now going to be about a more youthful Bruce Wayne. <laughs> okay, can I tell you who I think would be the funniest choice for it? Yes. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> oh god. He's like, "I'm the Batman now." <laughs> <laughs> I love Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, it would be it would be a hilarious choice. You you'd have no choice but to root for him. Well, but it would be ridiculous. What's, what's funny about that is there are so many people who stand Timothy Chalamet who would without a trace of irony think that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, right. And he is a great actor. Yeah. He's just not a man yet. No. Uh, and I'm sure he's in it for the long haul. They say and have been saying for a couple of years he's our next Leo, and that's right. a little premature. But he seems like a lovely guy. He can't play Bruce Wayne yet. Yeah, it cannot be him. He'd need a haircut anyway, and that would be such a shame. Do you have any choices? Uh, I don't know any young actors. See, the only... Sure you do. Well, the young people... Ben Badgley. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. The the young people I know now are like Timothy Chalamet and uh, what's his name from... Uh, the other guy. The other guy from Lady Bird, who's in like everything. Lucas Hedges. Okay. He couldn't play Bruce Wayne either. No. But he's a good actor. Yeah. That's all I got. I mean, Army Hammer would be a super white bread choice. Yeah, he's also not that youthful. Milk toast. No, he's probably just within ten years of a little while ago. Ben John Hamm put his hand up and he said, "Look, I'll do it." And that's not a youthful Bruce Wayne. No, but it's kind of a but good Bruce an, Wayne. It's an interesting Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he's, I'm surprised they didn't go for that more. Where, what's John Hamm doing? I don't know. Put was, John Hamm in. Well, I guess Good Omens is coming out soon. Yep, that's right. He was in Tag. He was in Tag, which was great. It was great. I love Tag. Have we learned any more about the Hannibal Burris thing? Because I wonder about no. that anytime I see a <laughs> clip or Me too. That kind of fell by the wayside. I don't I don't think it was real. The no. theory was that Hannibal Burris was superimposed. Brought after, in after the fact. Yeah, he was never there for the shooting of the to film. Punch up and make it uh more racially. Not to backtrack, but that's that's uh, one of the prime examples uh, of the flaws in Bohemian Rhapsody mm -hmm. is, you know, that scene where they're like out on a patio and they're meeting their manager for the first time. Somebody isolated that scene from Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, just to point out how poor the editing is in this movie. Okay. And it's very believable that none of the 12 people in this scene shot scenes together oh really like the, there must be right 300 cuts in this three minutes little scene. finger just has blue sky behind him yeah it's he, crazy he's like don't you know i'm gonna be a manager now <laughs> <laughs> and then apparently the mike myers thing didn't like i get that the mike myers thing didn't even happen but having such dramatic scenes in between like them playing the opera record oh. and them all doing the like Dance, dance well come on it was so on the nose it was so clownish and then during live aid they cut to mike myers like in his lonely office and he's got like a fist on the table after like i'll get you one day freddie mercury just a few short years it's the last thing i do and, and and they also said no one is ever gonna bang their heads to Bohemian Rhapsody. Just so overt. That's that's, that's a cringe. They ass. thought they were being so clever. I know. What if we have Mike Myers do it? Yeah. No, not gonna work. They're doing a a Bowie uh, biopic now. Also, okay, I believe that. Um, but also, didn't did you think that uh they made Mike Myers just look like Danny McBride? Like he's, <laughs> he's clearly wearing a fake beard. Yeah. It looks ridiculous. It's horrific. It looks like an Austin Powers character. Yeah. Yeah. It actually does. Anyways, uh, David Bowie movie. They're so. doing a David Bowie movie. I don't know the next in the real rock legends cinematic universe. It seems like they have to do it. And I'm sure there's a good story to tell with David Bowie. 100%. But the film doesn't have rights to his music. So like, that's the only thing that makes bohemian rhapsody good is they got to use as much music as they wanted to and so they can't the movie's called stardust because it can't be called starman and like I, I how are you gonna do david bowie without space oddity and like no they're not they're not gonna do it yes they are it's like they cast a guy it's okay. in production okay so they're doing it but they're going to get the rights like it has to happen i don't think so because dustin jones came out and was like our family does not support this film Okay. Well, happened a couple of years ago. Andre 3000 played Jimi Hendrix, and they didn't, they weren't allowed to use any of his music. Did that actually come out? Yes. 
It did? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. This is going to be the same scenario. It is. People just don't know. Of course it. it falls flat because you're... I can't trust you if you're not going to do David Bowie you can't music. See Andre 3000 play Purple Haze. No one cares. He looked the part. Yeah, of course he did. I don't know what happened in the movie. Man, that sucks. Yeah, it did kind of suck. Uh, Judd Apatow has uh, he's got two movies that he's going to produce. One with Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson is going to be his new little protege. You know That's how cool. Judd Apatow like takes on a young comic. Yeah going to be Pete and he's also going to produce the new Billy Eichner movie. It's going to be a uh, uh, a same sex rom-com which we're probably overdue for. That's cool. And Billy Eichner's a good candidate for that. Yeah. Very impassioned. Yeah. Super Bowl ratings were a 10-year low. <laughs> yeah, I guess that. Yeah. It wasn't an amazing game. It was very defensive. There were 16 points scored and the over under was 56. Like it's hard to People want to see offense. Seems like people are talking about the Super Bowl more this year than they have in recent years, which is weird because nobody watched it. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, very um, digestible Patriots parade videos going around. Right. I found pretty funny. Uh, Disney has acquired Fox, and so they'll be producing Deadpool movies going forward, and they have promised fans that Deadpool movies will continue to be R-rated. Wow. Has Disney ever made an R-rated movie? probably in some kind of indirect way. way i don't know i don't know that brings us nicely to our shows this week i'm going to recap the first episode of wayne on youtube premium okay uh it was written by the people who wrote deadpool really yeah it was i don't see i knew nothing but i did not know what this movie was about before i started watching it i can't wait to hear you recap it we'll count you down in three two one Wayne is kind of a teenage outlaw. He takes matters into his own hands and beats people up for doing uh, wrong things to people that he likes. He, uh, his dad is really sick, uh, bedridden. In fact, he has a crush on this girl who's selling cookies door to door, and he decides if he gets some money, he'll buy some cookies, and then she'll go out with him. He does get some money. Uh, ultimately, uh, discovers that she's not selling cookies through any kind of organization. She steals the cookies and sells them. Her dad tells her not to do that. Uh, gets in a fight with Wayne. Wayne bites off the dad's nose, and they run away to Florida they because to Florida. because his dad dies. And uh, he's going to avenge his father by going to Florida to steal back his father's Trans Am. That was stolen from him and the, the asshole owner sends him a postcard every year of him. <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't catch that. Oh no, he said every year he sends me a postcard with uh, like him and his wife in it. He's like a, it's kind of interesting that it's written by the people who wrote Deadpool because he's kind of a mercenary himself, isn't he? He like, he's, he's well incredibly violent. One thing that I wanted to approach was he's definitely a vigilante. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said he'll he beats up people that do wrongs against people he likes. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think it's anyone that he sees who's and it, the principal clarifies it a little bit. Like yep. his dad apparently did the same thing. He said he he picked on me, but also he beat the shit out of anyone that picked on me. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't stand people doing things that were wrong. Right, and he's like, does that sound like anyone, Wayne? And that's when he kind of clues in, like, oh, okay, so he's doing these things. You see, the first, the show opens up with him, like, randomly stop. You have no idea what this guy's motivation is. Right. He, a bunch of, like, sketchy... Thugs. Thugs are standing in front of, like, a metal shop or something, and he's just kind of staring at them. And then someone kicks a rock over to him and says get the F out of here. And he picks up a rock and throws it through the window. And they're like, what the hell is going on? This right. guy comes out and just starts like beating the crap out of him. And then the, this is what like got me in on the show was after he gets the crap beat out of him, he walks back over and picks up a rock and throws it through the other window. And I the know. guy's like, what the hell man yeah, i know and he just walks away like he doesn't beat him crashed. up anymore at that point no like, he because this he's, kid is ill he's tuckered out and he's like there's actually something wrong with this guy yeah and he just walks home but we later find out that this guy used to date his dad's care nurse yes and i was waiting cheated on her i was waiting for the reveal she was cool yeah i thought the whole th- i honestly i really liked the show me too it was so different yeah it was the way that they displayed it all was very cool. I love stuff that takes place in kind of like Southie. My mom's from Southie. Bro- yeah, Brockton, Mass. Southie. Yeah, yeah. I loved. I thought the brothers in it were hilarious. hilarious. They were hilarious. so good. Like yeah. I, at first, I was yeah, like, you got shit for brains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought the whole like Tweedledee, Tweedledum thing was kind of lame, but right. then when they were 
in the staircase like yes hey Dell, i got a bat and he just looks at the <laughs> other guy and, and he mouths i i don't have a bat i, don't have a bat. <laughs> I thought that was so meanwhile good. their dad is outside trying to extinguish a fire with a broom <laughs> yeah and he's been a character actor in like a million different things yeah i couldn't think of i think it might have been in uh like fast and furious Probably. or something like i don't know and he bites his nose off which did you find that troubling you gave me a heads up about it and i looked away you Be- did. becky okay. found it very troubling it was it was uh, too much it was yeah. like oh because you just ugh, really, right ye. pretty gruesome pretty gruesome and this is his new girlfriend's uh dad and he's kind of abusive like he's he's yeah. clearly horrible he's to like her. grabbed her by the hair and like and so she's her happy stuff. to run away with wayne to florida on the back of this little uh little motorcycle yeah um i i love that he just bailed on school yeah <laughs> and took off and that was like we're we're still rooting for this guy absolutely i like when he uh brought her into his bedroom and he just turned on metal and started like headbanging like moshing by himself in his bedroom i, I, thought, li- I just thought that was so real and it was so palladium 2004 yeah i i was saying to jen um that when he did that, I said, do you think he's just intentionally trying to put himself in the most uncomfortable positions he can as possible? Is this what the show shows about? I just think he's really odd. I just think he's a weird dude. It gave me serious um, the end of the fucking world vibes. I said the exact same thing. It was just Boston instead of uh, like dirty UK. Yeah, you're right. And you know what? It's it's a pretty on the nose comparison because... Yeah. I, even when I looked up an article on it, it said it's like the end of the the end of the effing world meets like, I forget what the other example they used was. Maybe the fighter. <laughs> I guess because of yeah. just because of like the the setting. Right. I thought I thought most of the the notes I have written down are just me wanting to reference certain quotes that I thought were really great. He says, uh, "So you want me to be your boyfriend?" She says, "I don't know how tall are you." And I thought that was a yeah. great line. <laughs> right. Um. Uh. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was really good. Yeah, I think a lot of the funny lines came from her and him. I love the principal in it. Yep. I, I'm so happy that he's doing something. He was in The Good Place for a little bit. He's a character actor, too. He's been around a yeah. lot. Oh, yeah. He was in, uh, what's his name? Mike Some. Uh, I don't know. He was in, like, uh, Yes, Dear, which was yeah. that show on TBS forever. He was in Glee quite a bit. He was and in he Glee was, quite a, Yeah, you're right. He was in an episode of, of Parks and Rec as well. It's funny. He's the principal, and he's dealing with two other ne'er-do-wells when Wayne just kind of bursts in like, okay, this is my time now. And he tells these other guys to beat it. And he's like, no, you don't tell them to leave my office. You wait your turn. Right. And so these other two 'er ne'er-do-wells are kind of like caught in the middle. Yeah. And one of them turns to the principal and he's like, no disrespect, but he'll come to my house. You won't. Yeah, right. And that was so rational. Yeah. It was so, it made so much sense. And he, he is in his corner he's in wayne's corner yes but like eventually has to kick him out of school right but you learn from the next trailer that they kind of go after him like the principal and the friend right like they go looking for him yes i'm so interested in the show the principal also as the kids are kind of the other two kids are set out into the hallway he says i know i'm not supposed to this is the best part but i hate those kids like real adult hate. real adult hate yeah i thought that was a really real moment because I, I laughed out loud i think you're able to put it out of your mind maybe this is my naivete but when you're a student in high school you're able to convince yourself that teachers just think the are, same of all the students completely uh subjective neutral and completely neutral that's yeah. impossible yeah and so that would be that would be a very relatable line Dude, to principals i in think every grade yes there are like, forever there are primary teachers that go I hate Michael. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Know. What about That's when the crazy. dad, uh, it's the last moments before the dad dies and they don't know how they're going to make rent. And so he pulls out this envelope and it's full of cash and he goes, someone got lucky on a Pat's back. I was happy about that. <laughs> it was good timing, wasn't that made it? made me happy. I love seeing some assholes talk about Pat, Pat's bets, especially winning Pat's bets. Um, yeah. The, the guy who played Wayne, I don't know the actor's name. He was gr- like, where did he come from? He's in Sing Street. He plays Eamon in Sing Street. He's Irish. Is he the lead? I was going to say, is he a European actor? He is. He uh, He's he's the secondary lead. He's the other guy in the band. Man, he what an interesting... Like I think he's going to be a big thing. Look him up on Instagram. He has like 600 followers on Instagram. He's nobody right now. No way. And he's the star of the show and he's really good. Really? Yeah. Man, we should shoot him a message. Yeah. <laughs> just just instant message him and say, dude, loving, uh, loving Wayne. Yeah, he'd probably like that. Yeah. It's cool. It's on YouTube Premium. You can watch the first episode for free on regular YouTube. Mm-hmm. It is a little bloody at times. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the script is really tight. 
The Boston accents are great. I'm happy you liked it. I, I really wasn't sure where you were going to go on it. Yeah, no, I thought it was really cool. I, yeah. I just, I like witty dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. I love that he had a motorcycle. Yeah. And he, he gets like, he's very sweet at heart. Yep. You know, especially to girls and stuff. Like he, he takes the, the pad out and he goes, this is for your butt. <laughs> Which I, and she's like, oh. well, she's, he, he senses that she's lonely and kind of an outcast too. Yeah. Also, I found it interesting when she says her name is Dell. And she goes, don't ask, because it's not sure for anything. And then at the end of the episode, the dad calls her Delilah. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Something interesting about that. Mm -hmm. I wonder if people from like uh, outskirts Massachusetts get insulted by all the content that's out there that just makes their hometowns look like like shit heaps. I don't know. I think to a certain extent, like it kind of is that way. I guess. But like, it seems to me everybody from, from Boston loves... Goodwill hunting when yeah. really the moral of goodwill hunting is you have to leave here. You have to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the whole, the whole like, you know, like Southie is kind of a dump, like South, South end Boston. Yep. And that's where all the skids are from. But like, that's where like Mark Wahlberg's from. No, I know. But I think he loves shit like this. I, it just feels like home. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would be, I think, I like to think that if something were to take place, some kind of like high budget, big time movie or TV show were to take place in Halifax or Dartmouth and show the gritty side, which certainly exists, yeah, I would appreciate it for its honesty. But there are definitely a lot of people around here who would kick up a fuss. Right. You see that with people who think that Cavendish makes their hometown look like a bunch of idiots. I was going to say, we were watching Cavendish, the like Fred Penner episode of Cavendish. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, I've seen them all. And then, okay. And, uh... There's one point where they go into a bar and I thought that's Celtic Corner. Oh yeah. Like that's so clearly Celtic Corner. So much stuff is clearly Halifax. Well, but but they actually like filmed it inside. I was like, I thought they filmed the whole thing in Cavendish, but No, no, no. so much stuff is filmed in Halifax. Right. Well, I thought maybe some of the B-roll, like the outside hospital, but no. No, it's... no. They're outside uh Look Ho Ho, the Chinese food restaurant on Bayers Road in a couple episodes oh, ago. Really? Yeah. Although they just did an episode in Charlottetown, and I think most of that was was filmed in Charlottetown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love it. It's a funny show. I think they're funny. It's pretty funny. Okay. You want to recap the first episode of Russian Doll? Yes. This is kind of the big show right now. Yeah. What's what's the main character's name in it? Uh, Natasha Leone. Natasha. Nadia. Nadia. Right. Because she's Russian. Right. All right. Recap the first why episode. Is that of, important? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even really get why it's called Russian Doll. Okay. I've Unless got a theory on that. We can talk about it. She's depleting every time she comes back. She's a little bit... A little bit less herself. Yeah, that's what I said. Just like, shell of it's, herself. It's identical, but like she's she's even less of herself. All right, okay. You re- recap the first episode. Everybody's talking about this show. Go in three, two, one, go. Okay, so Nadia is in a bathroom. Uh, it's her birthday party. She walks in. Her her friend gives her a joint. She meets a guy. She she's upset about her lost cat. She walks across the street with the guy and uh, goes to pick up the cat and gets hit by a car. Immediately, the timeline starts back in the bathroom. The same thing happens again, but with her ex-husband. But this time, she falls over the edge of a bridge and dies. And the same thing happens. She goes back. It's like a Groundhog Day kind of scenario. Yeah. Yeah, that is true but in groundhog day he doesn't keep dying over he just reliving yes this is the same day over and over again she keeps dying and that's almost like things are happening to make her die like the cat disappears yes for some reason you're right and then that causes her to die i don't know if the the upcoming episodes i feel like this is going to be kind of tedious because it's just going to keep going back to the bathroom will it not i don't know i've only watched the first two episodes Oh, okay. people are going crazy for this show. Yeah, people love it. And I gotta I, say, I got to the end of the first two, and I was kind of like, "I'm good." I didn't mind it after the first episode. Okay, I was still interested. I I thought, yeah, do I want to? You know, am I gonna like the show at the end of it? I didn't mind it. I I didn't find it quite as dark. I found her kind of funny. I find her kind of the same as Orange Is the New Black. But I didn't watch Orange Is the New but Black. But she's just so. In pro- she's so profoundly crass that you and it's, I'm not a prude, but I just don't right. believe that that you talk that way. Right. Well, and she's like super hardcore, like like seventy year old Jewish lady, and yes, uh, like a uh, Russian Jewish lady. It also tries <laughs> so hard to make it seem like doing drugs makes you interesting. Yeah. Right. Like how she's like, oh, I've done coke. Plenty of times, believe me, I've done coke. Right. Like, that's important for us to know. I don't see a trace of Amy Poehler in this show. 
No. And maybe I'm a little bit masked by the sweetness of Parks and Recreation. I realize they're not the same person. Right. But it's just very gritty. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I I felt like it was a comedy. There were things in it that made me laugh in the it first was a episode. comedy. None of which I could point to right now, if that's any tell. Here's the other thing I don't really get about it in premise. Certainly in the case of uh, Groundhog Day... And a Christmas Carol and everything else that's that's similar. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with a person who's kind of miserable and shitty and selfish, mm-hmm. and has to go through this uh, um, uh, this uh, experience where this existential crisis to learn how to be better. Right. Right. That's that's a fair assessment of Groundhog Day. Yeah. Uh, if that's the case with Russian Doll. Does she really have that much growing to do? Because yes, she curses a lot and she does too many drugs. But I kind of think she's the best person in her life. Like her friends are way, way worse people than her. That's a that's a good point. And the guy that, she, not the guy she hooks up with, but the guy. But her ex? Yeah, the ex who wears like a peacoat and stuff. Yeah. She goes to him. Might have been in episode two, but she goes to him so. and she's like, I think I'm going crazy. Can you help me? And he's like, what does this have to do with me? I'm like, okay, th- you're a worse person than she is. Somebody, if anybody in my life, somebody I don't even know came to me and they were like, I think I'm having some kind of schizophrenic episode. I'll, I'll do something to You'll help. You'll be like, whoa, sit down. Let's talk about this. Yeah. yeah. You, do you think that's the point of the show? Do you think it's I that thought, her, her I, life is like toxic friends and she needs to oh, just maybe. Like find... I thought it was about how she sucks and she needs to learn to be a better person. Yeah. If that is what they're going for, I think they're failing. If right. that's not what they're going for, then fine. Yeah, because she's not that awful of a person. There's not no really. real examples of her being a terrible person. No, she's not really. like... You know, I don't know. She's help. She seems compassionate. She's like she always has the right thing to say. Yeah, right. But even to like the jerks in the in the store, like she. Oh no, she actually gives them the wrong directions. Yeah, that's but that's fine. not the worst thing. Like no. she, they were basically catcalling her and like calling her names. So uh, okay, what's uh, you, did you want to expand at all on your Russian doll theory? Oh yeah, well it was funny because Jen was like, "Why is this show called Russian Doll?" I wondered that too, and I said, "I don't know. Maybe it's because like Russian dolls are identical." And she was like, "Yeah, but they get smaller and smaller." And They're I also said, not identical. Usually, like the one inside the red one is yellow, inside that one is green. And, like, oh, they have really? different faces. Usually, they usually expand into like a family of Russian dolls. Right. No, I thought I thought they were all the same like identical maybe in some but cases. i haven't seen and i don't i can't think of any examples so maybe they're all different so right. maybe that's the thing she's having different smaller experience are the windows of time smaller and smaller as it goes i don't know it would be interesting if we discovered along the way after she has died and come back to life you know 30 odd times that she is deteriorating or something right yeah maybe she like learns that there's so we'll learn more about her as the season goes on. I don't know if that I'm down to stick around for it though. I, I am. the only thing that's drawing me back because it's been five days since I watched these two episodes. Right. The only thing that's drawing me back is that now I see on the internet people are calling it the first great show of 2019. Well, I mean we're only a month in. I know, but new shows <laughs> come out like every 30 minutes. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I, I'm down. I'm down to what? How many episodes are there? Probably ten, maybe yeah. less. Yeah, I would watch it. They're ha- they're half hour episodes, which is a blessing. Yes, twenty four minutes in the first uh, first show. It kind of ended abruptly. I was like, oh, I only have three notes right. on this whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I give it my ass. I don't. Do you give Wayne your ass? Yes, we. I do too. Yeah. Um, you don't give it your ass though. Russian uh, Doll? No, I, I actually don't think it's. I, if we're just ju- judging on the first episode, which is what we do, right. I don't think it has anything fresh to say. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm down. I'm giving it my ass because I I think there are there's more to glean from okay. this show than that. All right, I guess we'll see. We'll find out. Is that all you got? Yeah, the, not a not a whole lot more. I can. I have nothing to that. say about Russian Doll. Yeah, but Wayne was good. We can agree. Wayne was good. I'm happy that you liked it. Definitely. This is great. You know what I watched? I watched both Fire Festival documentaries, which I realize are kind of like a month ago discussion. Yeah, so many people are talking about these, though. Like over the last three weeks, the amount of people I've heard talk about the Fire Festival docs. I watched both back to back. Yeah. It is wild. 
Yeah, it, I've heard. And everybody's discussing like which one is better. I think both are essential. I think they complement each other they really well. They show different sides of not even different sides. They don't contradict each other. No, but they tell you they expand on different areas. Right. One fo focuses more on like the influencers that were involved. I think sort of. I I would say the Netflix one is a fire festival documentary, and the Hulu one is a Billy McFarland documentary. Right. There's one particular scene in it that people are really freaking out about. The sandwich? Oh, the blowjob thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's be kind of become like a meme. Honestly, like I knew it was a meme going into it. I yeah. knew there was going to be some kind of blowjob thing with this guy, but I didn't know what it was. And then he tells the story, and it, it was just very upsetting. Like, Wasn't it, it like he just wanted tickets? Or, no, they uh, they had a, they had a problem with customs. They couldn't clear a bunch of bottled water that they shipped in. They couldn't clear it with customs. So Billy, the festival organizer, calls up this guy who's like the producer of the festival, uh, knowing that he's homosexual, and asks him to uh, service uh, the customs representative. Wow! And so this this producer guy felt gross he had a cold shower because he felt so violated by even the request and then he decided he would do it <laughs> yeah that uh so many people said that they watched that scene and were like what yeah it's like it's it's upsetting because yeah. like that alone should put billy mcfarland in jail and this other guy in serious counseling right that's insane you want so badly to be accepted by this broy douchebag mm -hmm. we went to bahamas i don't know if it was like it was possibly even at the exact same time. And yeah. I was asking my friend, like, man, what about Fire Festival? And he was like, oh, man, you didn't hear about that? <laughs> it's like, oh, it was such a, like, like not, nothing was organized. It was crazy. And I remember being like, oh, yeah, you know, I could see it being, like, a little disorganized. No, and like, it, no was it was like an act. gong show. Nightmare. You should check it well, out. Well, after the fact, you learned, like, everything was out on the internet about how much of a shit show this was. I mean, he was, he's a, been a, a fraudster preying on millennials for a long, long time. What really haunted me is that after I watched these two movies, I Googled him and he's younger than me. Whoa. Yeah. Jesus. What else has he done? How has he, how he else ran has he a defined? company called Magnesis, which just basically is like uh cooler looking debit cards. He figured out how to, move the strip from your debit card over to a sheet of metal and so he sold these like heavier duty or debit cards uh, okay, and he, okay. then it gave you like this membership into a weird club where you had like vip access to concert tickets or whatever right. but tickets that didn't exist gotcha right so he's he was like, always been a, a a con man he's a shyster but yeah now he's his life is over he's gonna go to jail for six years he's in jail now actually oh really uh yeah yeah knowing that you still should watch it it's wild yeah i'm down what uh, what did you think about Ja Rule's involvement? Because at the time, I thought Ja Rule was like the chief organizer. Yeah, he was. Oh, he was. He's the other guy. He should go to jail too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. He's cool. not gonna, right. but he should definitely go to jail as well. I remember laughing at the time saying, that's not a selling point. Like, why am I trusting Ja Rule with It's like, it's a festival? classic uh, washed up artist wanting to be an entrepreneur. So, well, hey, I mean, if, if uh, P. Diddy is trying to organize a festival, I'm like, cool like i believe that he's actually got the chops and the staff and the yeah. like he's done stuff well, but thing, ja, what has ja rule done besides i don't know release he, he also went to jail money. for something a while ago i oh, forget yeah, what it was tax evasion i think yeah something crazy um the other thing is the lineup for fire festival wasn't that good so i don't know why they ever thought it was going to be that good anyway it was like, so weird i heard uh travis barker on rogan and he was talking about because he got in a serious plane accident and like yeah. broke everything. And he was saying... Have you listened to that whole podcast, by the way? Yes. Because I have like a half an hour left. And it's, it's a wonderful listen. It's great. He's such a cool guy. Yeah. I, I was happy about that too. Like I I really wasn't sure. Anyways, he was saying because he because he got in the plane accident, yeah. he doesn't fly anymore. Right. He drives everywhere and he take, takes boats to Europe. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to figure out, he was like, man, we were supposed to play that fire festival. And I was so happy when it all fell through because I was like driving down to Florida and I was going to have to take a boat and all this stuff, but totally. it fell through. But yeah, you're right. Under the Travis Barker. Uh, uh, I wanted to bring that podcast. up actually, because it's just, it's, it's a really great listen. And Joe is good at meeting anybody w with whatever thing they're really good at talking about. And we're both 
Blink One Eighty Two fans, I think, like totally. I, me as like a, I've got, I've got them on my top three list. Like I had Metallica, yeah. Dave Matthews Band, and Blink One Eighty Two is still on there. And I Blink One Eighty Two kind of means everything to our generation. I yeah. Think. yeah. Why did you listen to the uh, the part about Tom DeLonge? Yeah, they're talking about aliens. I was so surprised. Are they still friends? Like, I'm so happy they're still friends. Yeah, that that made me like, oh, they're cool with each other because there was a lot of shit talk back and forth when they first. Was there shit talk, up. or was it just like? Tom has gone crazy and he shouldn't be in the band anymore. I think in not so many words it was that. Yeah. Which even so, I'm still happy. That like, oh, they're still talking to this guy every once in a while. Side like, note, Mark Hoppus is in the top five funniest people on all of Twitter. He's great. Is he's, he on Instagram? I don't know. He doesn't need to be. He crushes Twitter more than almost anybody. He's, he's a great Twitter follower. I've yeah. followed him for years. Um, his when FOTB was uh, kind of a trending thing with Vampire Weekend, fought, it ended up being Father of the Bride. Right. Which was my guess. That's wild. And I was actually right about it. <laughs> um, he tweeted, uh, Panic at the Disco tweeted that they needed a new name for their album. And he suggested Fanic Ot the Bisco. <laughs> <laughs> and Ezra Koenig tweeted or like, you know, posted it on Instagram. It was like, thanks at Mark Hoppus or something. They're it's funny. They're they're a really wonderful band, and I think it was easy for us not to appreciate as children. Although I think even as a ten year old, I knew Travis Barker is the greatest drummer alive yeah. at the time. Yeah, and it's so cool that he still is. It's you a miracle that he can still drum after that plane accident. The Mark, Tom, and Travis show and take off your pants and jacket i thought we're like the two well one was a live album but take off your pants and jacket i listened to all throughout junior high it was like my go-to absolutely that's a happy way to end the podcast yeah screw will smith screw will smith we love blink 182 (laughs) blink 182 is great never trust will smith there you go easy enough (laughs) 